What's Shaking Fire Nation? JLD here with an audio masterclass on how to do less and be 10 times more productive. And to drop these value bombs, I have brought Brian and Shannon Miles from Belay. Belay boosts a corporate team of over 60 people and a US contracted base of over 700 people serving clients all over the US. A 100% virtual company. They've made the Inc. 5000 list four times and made the number one spot for Entrepreneur Magazine's best company culture. And we're going to be talking about a ton of things when it comes to trusting your team, knowing how to outsource, what do you feel too busy to train somebody, and so much more when we get back from thanking our sponsor. When it comes to hiring, you can save time and get more qualified candidates fast with ZipRecruiter. And right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Growing your e-commerce business starts with creating amazing customer experiences. To learn how Klaviyo can help you build high-value customer relationships and make more money for your business, visit klaviyo.com slash fire. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash fire. Brian, Shannon, say what's up to Fire Nation and share something interesting about yourselves that most people don't know. What is up, Fire Nation? Okay. <laughs> it's so good to be on. Um, okay, one thing that's interesting that I don't usually share very often with people because it was sort of the dark night of the soul for me. I had a season of time where I thought I needed to not be with Belay anymore. And um, fortunately, I was able to get my head out of the ground and and realize that, no, there is a path forward and I really do still want to do this. But that was a thing. It's a big thing. And I'd say for me, something that folks may not know, uh, when I was 17, I was offered a schoolboy contract to go play soccer in the United Kingdom and uh, did not do that. My my parents actually didn't. They preferred I go off to college instead, but uh, I could have had a shot in the English Premier League if I uh, worked really hard at it. <laughs> oh, man, where well, our mutual friend, Chris Ducca, would really have loved to know <laughs> that about it because uh, being an Englishman himself, he's all obsessed with that jazz. But let's dive into the conversation, Fire Nation, because we have a killer audio masterclass about how to do less and be 10 times more productive. I mean, this is truly a dream come true. You know all about Brian and Shannon because I broke it down in the introduction. So I want you to ask yourself this question, Fire Nation. Are you spending your time each day on what makes the most impact on your business? And if you're not an absolute snap of the fingers, yes, then we got some talking to do. So Brian, Shannon, take it away. We really think that delegation is the key to unlocking the lid on a leader's potential. I mean, there are so many things that we can do that have such a great impact on our business, but sometimes it's just easier to take some of the lower level tasks because it gives you a sense of completion. But ultimately, those things are not what grows your business or your leadership. So we found over the years that delegating effectively just really unlocks that lid. Yeah. And I'd say too, I mean, we have a lot of leaders that approach our business with a sense of guilt. Uh, as if, you know, having an assistant or somebody to delegate to is actually a luxury when in reality, once they start to understand kind of their, that, you know, what their per hour rate is, they start to realize, oh, wow, I need to start really handing off these lower payoff activities. So it's, it's less about, um, do I, you know, do I 
um, do this myself and not feel guilty or gosh, it's just obvious from a business standpoint, I need to hand this off to somebody that's probably more capable than I to handle these smaller payoff activities. I mean, a question that you need to ask yourself, Fire Nation, is are you willing to trust other people? Are you willing to trust your team enough for you to be successful by doing the things that you can and should be doing and letting the other things go? I mean, I know that I've struggled over the past seven years, more in the first couple of years than now, of course, but how can I get over my desire and need to feel like I need to micromanage everything because it's like I'm hiring somebody and then now I'm doing their job and my job and it's just like, what am I doing? But the reality is it was a lack of trust on my end. I wasn't trusting my hire, my virtual assistant, my team enough. And I suffered as a result. And I know other people are right now as well that are listening. So Fire Nation, you need to get over this. So Brian, Shannon, speak to this, trusting your team enough. It can almost be like you hired somebody to do it, but then you're tempted to go back in and take it over again. What a waste, right? I think, you know, trust is such a powerful currency you know, when we hire folks to work in an organization, there's there's a couple of things they really want, I think. The first is they want to work somewhere with meaning. But as an adult, they also want to be trusted. And I think the more you can say, listen, I trust you with this thing. And, and even more important, I trust you with the result. That's a huge thing to, to, say, to say to somebody. I delegate the result to them, not just the task. It communicates all sorts of good things to their heart. And, and they, they want to kind of get behind what you're doing, what you're about, what your mission is. Um, and, and trust just kind of is the, uh, the lifeblood really to, to help them get going and really knit themselves to the fabric of your organization. And, you know, another thing with trust, it is a currency for leadership development, too. And I think a lot of leaders can be developed on our teams or within our organizations if we do, we'll just give them a chance to prove themselves through delegating a project or area of responsibility, even if just for a season of time to see if it works. Um, We found that that has been really helpful for promoting from within. When we show our team, look, we're growing. There's more work than time to do it. So I'd love to be able to trust you with this initiative and let's see how it goes. And from there, have emerged some of our greatest leaders at Belay. I think too, you know, trust, the opposite of trust, I think oftentimes with leaders is suspicion. And I think when you can go into, um, a, you know, into a, a relationship working with somebody and say, look, I'm choosing my default. It's going to be to trust you, not to be suspicious of you. And if you don't have to say in that way, but that's really what a lot of leaders are dealing with is the opposite of trust is suspicion for them. And that's just a crappy way to, I think, to work with folks is just to constantly be suspicious of them or really double, you know, double down on whether they can actually do the work or, you know, th- this other one that I hear oftentimes a leader or a, a younger leader will say is, you know, I'm the only one that can do this. What that is, you know, nothing great that I know ever was accomplished by one person. So it's, you're going to have to trust somebody. People want to work somewhere with meaning. I love how you guys put that in Fire Nation. It's so true. Are you creating an environment of meaning? And people who you hire, they want to be trusted. And Brian, that's so true. The opposite of trust, it's suspicion, Fire Nation. Suspicion. That can't be in the part of the game. And I love the the whole thought process of delegating the result, not just the task. Like you're delegating the result, Fire Nation. You don't have to delegate every single tiny step of the way. Like just say, hey, this is what I need. Go and do it. If they come back to you and they're like asking for the next step, then you can kind of guide them along the first few times. 
but at least give them an opportunity to just go and get the result because they might even find a better way than you to actually get that result. And something you mentioned that I thought was pretty cool was promoting from within. Mm -hmm. How can somebody do that effectively? Can you guys speak to that from your experience? Early on, I'd say probably three years into our business, we were growing pretty rapidly, like talking triple digit, you know, year over year growth at that season of time. And we we thought that there was some magic bullet and going outside and, and you know finding someone with this really great pedigreed resume that had managed all this money and you know came from this really great background. And we tried it twice and it failed each time. And and for us, we just kind of got this place of like, okay, well, how is this going to work? Uh, at the same time, I had read an article in Harvard Business Review about fast growing companies, their decision makers um, or owners, what they did when faced with growth. And over 90% of those respondents said that it was through promoting from within versus hiring outside was the way that they sped the growth of their business because they already had a bedrock of people that understood the business, understood the culture. And all you had to do is kind of train them in the role. So for us, that was a way that we scaled our business. We, we just found great people. and We started to develop a leadership pipeline and identify new leaders that we felt could really kind of grow to the next season with us. But promoting from within, it's, it's great in theory, but you got to put a lot of work in the back end of it to make sure that you're developing a pipeline of leaders that are ready when they're called to the field. Fire Nation, do you know that right now, as you're speaking, there's somebody who loves doing the tasks that you hate doing. Like right now, like all those things you're just like, oh my God, if I could just take these things off my plate, life would be so much better. Or just those things that you dread that are on your to-do list, your task list every single day, every single week. There's somebody out there who loves doing those tasks. For every introvert, there's an extrovert. For every somebody that loves doing X, somebody loves doing Z. I mean, this is just the world that we live in. We are a diverse group of people. So, Brian, Shannon, how have you seen that take a company's growth to the next level when they can bring in people who actually love doing the things that's holding maybe that founder back, that creator back, whoever that might be, from taking things to the next level? I think it starts with recognizing what you do hate doing, you know, taking some time out of the busyness of you know, the, the typical work day to say, <clears throat> am I working on things that energize me or I, am I working on things that drain me? And of those things that drain me, what can I delegate to somebody else at this stage in the business? Or what can I at least plan to delegate? And I think there's an exponential return on focusing your energy where you're most effective and not just feeling this obligation to handle all the things in the business because money's tight or, you know, that's a responsibility of a founder or whatever. Um, there are so many people who are out there that are gifted in project management, gifted in bookkeeping, gifted in administrative work. And and actually like it. Yeah. And, and <laughs> are passionate about it, which is crazy because usually those are some of the things that, that owners are terrible at, but they are a must do um, for a successful business. So what I think it starts with is I, you know, being honest with yourself and really identifying those areas of the business that need to get done and are very important to get done, but they don't have to be you who does them all. And then putting together a plan for delegating them over. And when I say plan, I mean, like, not everything can be delegated right away, right? You have to be very thoughtful and intentional in your delegation. And because I think 
I don't know if you've experienced this in your business, but if you try to turn over too much to one person at one time, they may be the, the greatest person for the role, but you've flooded them with more responsibility than they can onboard at, at one time. And so there has to be a plan for turning that kind of stuff over. But that when you, when you find somebody who loves to do what you hate, man, it is such a gift. And you can start to see things accelerate in the business very quickly when you turn those over. And I think too, you know, hate is a really good way to filter on the things that you shouldn't be doing or that you, that basically suck energy from you, but love the things that you love doing. There's a couple categories under loving things, meaning the things that only you can do that you love doing, you should keep those things. Um, but if there are things that you love that you know others could be doing, those are great areas for you to teach and to and to kind of coach in because it gives you energy and it will resource and equip those people. They're going to do it really well. But, you know, we meet leaders all the time. They'll, they'll create a list of things that they love doing and they hate doing. And we'll look and see like, oh, wow, others could be doing the things that you hate. And then you have to just say, like, why in the world are you wasting your time? You know, so the love hate thing is a really great way to look at what you need to, you know, to get rid of and that really the a handful of things that you just need to keep. Now, do either of you have an example from maybe your business or maybe one of your many clients' businesses where they hire somebody who loves doing the tasks that they or you hated doing and that just really opened the door to success? Like, do you have a specific example of a time that happened to kind of give Fire Nation something tangible? Absolutely do. Um, when we started Belay in 2010, you know, we cashed in our 401ks to get the business going. We took 50% pay cuts. We were, to say that we were nervous financially is, is an understatement. Like we were all in on this thing. Brian and I started it together. So there was this overwhelming sense of we have to do everything the cheapest way possible. And what seemed like the cheapest way possible was for us to do almost everything. <laughs> so I bought, you know, I got QuickBooks, let it up on my laptop. I met with a local CPA so they could at least teach me the ropes, but I am not, I am not a bookkeeper and I am not necessarily financially wired. And Amen. so, <laughs> and so despite my best efforts of setting up QuickBooks and learning what actually a chart of accounts was, um, it just took me forever to do the books. And it was a task that I really dreaded doing. So I would kind of put it off. And then it would be this monster that grows and just felt so overwhelming. And I, you know, I muddled through it for the first couple of months, you know, because I thought I was saving money. <laughs> and Brian sat me down and he's like, honey, I love you. You're not going to do this anymore. This is something we can hire somebody for. And I don't even remember how much it cost, it but was nothing. It was I, so affordable. But I got my time back and I got my energy back and I got the ability to focus on the things that I actually was gifted at in the business that was developing systems and processes for onboarding new clients and, and how to care for them and find great um, virtual assistants at that time. And so it was just, it, it's so obvious now looking back on it all of those years ago, but in that moment, it felt like the, the best and most responsible thing to do was to do it myself. And it took Brian saying, okay, uh, for the sake of our marriage and our business, <laughs> this is something you should delegate. And I'm so glad I did. And don't miss this too. We found a bookkeeper that worked there that was like loved helping us and like really mm -hmm. like, like totally geeked up on our new business and what we were trying to do. And it's our, our early struggle. Yeah. I mean, she was super passionate about it and it shined. 
And, and she answered questions that were so expert than we could even muster on our own. So I was just incredibly grateful that there were people out there that that's totally their skill set that can help, you know, entrepreneurs like ourselves. And, and not to mention, she did it like three times faster uh, yeah. than I ever could. <laughs> I mean, Fire Nation, think about how much value Shannon could have added to the business if she had dedicated all that time and energy into the area where she thrived instead of in an area where she was struggling and, you know, just doing par work. What in your world right now, what in your business is comparable to this? Like, think about that and don't dally, don't dilly, make it happen. So we have so many more value bombs coming your way, Fire Nation, when we get back from thanking our sponsor. Measuring marketing ROI isn't always easy, but it's necessary to succeed. Clavio is engineered to help you grow your business no matter how small or large you are. Clavio pulls in data from your e-commerce platform, point of sale software, and other marketing tools so that you can deliver amazing email, social media, and website experiences. And when we say amazing, we mean money making. With data at your fingertips, you can unlock endless segmentation possibilities, gaining the missing piece of the marketing ROI puzzle. Unlike other platforms, Clavio helps you measure what matters, revenue. Automate up to 50% of your sales with email flows for welcome series, abandoned shopping carts, post-purchase follow-ups, and countless other revenue-driving experiences. Clavio customers grow 29% faster on average after making the switch. That's why over 13,000 innovative brands like Brooklinen, Bonobos, and Chubbies power their marketing through Clavio. To learn more about how Clavio can help you grow your business faster and to sign up for a free account today, visit Clavio.com. Clavio.com slash fire. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash fire. Being an entrepreneur is like having multiple jobs at once. That's why it's important to leverage tools that do things efficiently. And when it comes to hiring, that tool is Zip Recruiter. But don't take my word for it. Meet Dylan, owner of Cafe Altura. Dylan needed a director of coffee, someone who could buy coffee beans, roast them, and taste them for quality control. This combination of skills made finding the right person challenging, and the job boards he was using delivered tons of unqualified applicants, making the process time-consuming. That Changed when he switched to ZipRecruiter. Their candidate rating feature gave Dylan more control. He was able to review applications and quickly hone in on the most relevant candidates. Using ZipRecruiter, Dylan found his new director of coffee in a little over a week. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. Once again, ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Brian, Shannon, we are back and got a question for you. What if Fire Nation feels too busy to train somebody to help them with a day-to-day task? They're like, I'm barely keeping up as it is. I, I could never have another human being to answer to or to train or do this or do that. What do you say to that person? That's crazy if you want to grow your business. Now, if you want to just stay status quo and hold on to the clients that you have and maintain, I think you can kind of get away with that for a while. But if you actually want to grow, you have to let go of, of some of those, those things. I, I just And you have to do it in a way that you're setting up whoever you're delegating to for success. And it does take time. And and to be honest with you, that can be a challenge when we're talking to prospects here, because 
Sometimes we wait so long to ask for help that the idea of spending one minute training somebody feels overwhelming. And that's a tough place to recover from. But I would just start peeling back some things first before you bring somebody on so that you have that space. Because otherwise, I think you'll probably rush through the training and the onboarding and get really frustrated if they have questions or need to clarify something. When in reality, you've got to take time to lay that foundation with whoever you're delegating to for whatever aspect of the business. Let that foundation care so you can build on it. So, Brian, what do you think? I think, you know, you have to decide what size of company do you want. You know, if you're going to do something of meaning, it's going to take more than you. You know, there's I met plenty of actual like, you know, one and two person shops or consulting agencies or whatever, where they're happy with their level of income. They're happy with their client base and they don't want to grow because it means that they're going to go out and need to train people and do all of that stuff that you know you have to do if you're going to scale up. So, you know, if you're satisfied with your level of, you know, work and effort and income and, and all that good stuff, then, you know, don't grow. But if you plan on growing, you're definitely going to have to figure out a way to get over the training and um, create a meaningful training plan that's actually going to serve them well so they can grow the organization with you. And those people aren't listening to this podcast. No. Sure. Like everybody who's listening to this, they want to grow. They're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, though, even if you are in that situation where you may not want to grow, you have to ask yourself this honest question of, well, if I'm too busy to even think about wanting to train somebody, is this the life that I want to live? Like, is this like the next 20, 40, 60 years of my life is being too busy to even think about training somebody else? I mean, that's not the business that you want. That's not the business that I want. I mean, I love the fact that Kate and I can take these 75-day European trips every single year. And yeah, we're checking in intraday for emails and keeping our fingers on the pulse for an hour to two hours a day. But our team is running the business while we're gone. Now, we could have had that attitude way back in 2012 and said, nope, it's just gonna be the two of us, you know, ride till we die. But then that's what we would have done. We would have been in this office and we'd never been able to leave. It would have been all us. So Fire Nation, you need to think long-term. This is, even if you're not looking to necessarily grow the business, grow the revenue, which of course, as Brian and Shannon said, if you're listening to this, you obviously are. But even if you weren't, why would anybody who's too busy to even think about bringing on a team member want to continue running that business? Because that's not why you become an entrepreneur. You could become an entrepreneur for lifestyle, for location, for financial, for all of that freedom that you can get because of that. But let's be honest, you two, because we are alphas. You know, we are eight A players. You know, we like to just be hard chargers. And sometimes people are like, well, man isn't that going to be like a sign of weakness if I ask somebody to, to help me in my business? What do you say to those people? It's not a sign of weakness that you're giving this up. I think it's actually a sign of leadership that you're um, seeing vision past your role and that you're growing the organization. I mean, one of the best things that Shannon and I have done is we have this mantra that we want to own the business, not run the business or own, not run. And that basically informs our decisions every day as we've grown our business. Is this something that makes us own the company or is this something that makes us run the company? And if it's something that makes us run the company, we're trying as quick as we can in in an appropriate, resourceful way to delegate that. By no means do I ever wake up in the morning and see that as a sign of weakness. I see that as me being a very good steward, Shannon being a good steward of our business as it continues to scale so we can find more great customers to serve. 
So I think it's it's the lens in which you, you look at it. I, I know we talked on this, you know, we touched on this earlier about it feeling like a luxury. I don't see it. I don't hear it from leaders in, in the terms of weakness as much as I hear guilt. Is they're they feel guilty for asking somebody to do that, and that for them is just something they're going to have to get over. <laughs> and there's a there's a story behind that whole mantra that we've adopted of own not run that Brian was actually climbing the Grand Grand Teton um, mountain in Wyoming with a mentor of ours, kind of the guy who basically said, "Yeah, you should leave your jobs and start this company." And Brian was you know climbing with him and and made some comment about owning the business and and Jeff said he's just pretty direct and to the point he said you don't own anything and Brian's like oh okay there's probably a lesson here <laughs> here comes um, a master class yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know let me not get defensive let me listen and and Jeff said you know Brian the day that you that the business doesn't need you anymore is the day that you own the business until then you run a business yeah. And Brian was like, dang, if he's not right. So, you know, they finished their climb, got down off the mountain. And and mind you, this was seven months into to starting the company. So we, from the very beginning, just thought, man, we don't want to be a slave to this business. We want to take vacations with our kids. And we want to, like you said earlier, like do the things that you set out to do when you start a company, like you want that freedom, you want that flexibility. And so that whole mantra of owning, not run, not running has really informed a lot of our decisions on how we've delegated and how we've grown. Fire Nation, growing that team, finding that virtual assistant, I actually believe it's an obligation. It's an obligation to free yourself to be the best version of you that is key because you don't want to just own your business to spend all day, every single day in the weeds running that business. You want to own it, not be in the weeds, just running it. Something that I'm sure you guys have done a pretty solid job of, and I'm pretty proud that we over here have as well, is automating our days, is automating different parts of our days, different parts of our business so that we can leverage and scale and grow. Let's do a deep dive on this. What are your thoughts on this and how do you do it? We automate, but it's a lot of it now with the size of our business. You know, we automate a lot of the systems and processes of organization in terms of, you know, certain um, client contacts, certain things that we do with prospects that are, um, you know, coming in and kicking the tires of our business to see if we're a good fit for them and vice versa. Um, In terms of leadership day in and day out, I mean, we, we use things like Boomerang which is really great for us in scheduling um, emails and so forth. We're really respectful of people's time, um, excuse me, their working hours. So we won't send out emails to them like at nine o'clock at night because we respect that kind of work-life balance. Um, but you know, a lot of our stuff today in organization is really very thought out, very system and, and process oriented. We just recently switched from Infusionsoft to Salesforce so that we could automate a whole lot more of our process and our business. Um, you know, Shannon, I'm sure you have a few things here too. Yeah, you know, a lot of um, our automation comes from the systems that our team uses, you know, Asana for project management. And we, we do a lot of Loom videos because scheduling things can be really difficult, but you also want to be able to see somebody and walk through something. Um, with our assistant, Brian and I share an assistant. We use tasks a lot within Google just to kind of move things out of the inbox. So, like right before we we started this podcast with you, Brian pulled up his email and said, I have zero emails in my inbox, which is a beautiful <laughs> thing. 
So um, a lot of it is just working with our team to create those systems and processes that allow for the automation and, you know, having the right technology to support that. And it's changed over time. You know, we've had to swap out a lot of our systems as we've grown because we've just put, you know, stretched them to the limit in a lot of ways. And you can only put systems together with duct tape so long before you realize, okay, we just got to do a wholesale switch and, and, and buy something that is beyond what we need so that we can grow into it. And that's, sort of the evolution of our our automation at Belay. Yeah, and I think too, and Shannon touches on a good point. I mean, we always want to behave like the, the company that we want to become. So, you know, where we are today as an organization, we're already behaving and buying applications to the organization that we want to be in the future. And that, that takes us, one, looking out and seeing what's out there and what's available, but two, being willing to make that stretch, make that change, ask our team to, to move in a different direction with an application so that we can behave like the company we want to become. Fire Nation, behave like the company you want to become. And I love those tools you mentioned, Boomerang, Loom. I use both. Boomerang is critical for me. I use it in such a powerful way because Fire Nation, somebody sends you an email and you're like, you know what? I want to get to inbox zero like Brian is. And I want to send an email back just to get it out of my inbox, out of my mind. But when you do that sometimes right away, the person's like, oh, well, Brian's just sitting there and he doesn't answer my email. So now I can email him right back. And you get into this email text communication that just ruins productivity. So whenever I send an email, and I mean whenever I send an email, it is clicking the send in two days button via Boomerang so that they get the email, but they get it in two days. So they know that, hey, this is not going to be a back and forth communication in any way, shape, or form. And there's so many other great uses of Boomerang that I, I love as well. And Loom just being able to do a quick little training on the go so you can show it to your VA or your team member, whatever it might be, and they can have it, keep it in the library and go back to it so they don't have to come back to you for the same question over and over again. So Brian, Shannon, I want to give you guys a stage now. Take your time and take a turn each and just share with Fire Nation whatever it is that you would like to share with these young, old, medium-aged, excited, enthusiastic, awesome entrepreneurs? <laughs> um, for me, I would tell everybody listening, you do not have to do this alone. You are not the only person who can do the things that you're doing. So whether that's delegating to an assistant or a project manager, you know, getting your website off your plate, like whatever, just... There are things in your business that are holding you back from growing that you really just need to let go of. And, you know, business ownership can be a really lonely thing sometimes. And I think there's just a lot of comfort in knowing that you can actually surround yourself with people and with a team that is as passionate about what you're doing as you are. And so do not try to do it alone. I would say for me, um, and I've, I believe this for a long time, is that I believe leadership is a stewardship and the component of stewardship is really simple. Stewardship means that I'm a manager of something that I'm responsible for and that it's also bound by time. And, that, and I meet a lot of leaders, frankly, that they just think they're going to be the CEO of this company forever, or they're going to be that boss forever. And they, they don't really um, act or delegate in such a way where they're only managing something that's been handed to them for a season of time. And when you have start to really kind of take an account and say, you know what, you know, Brian's right. I'm actually not going to be here forever. 
you start to look at the lens of your leadership in a different capacity and it makes you more accountable. It makes you want to be a better manager and hand the business off to someone that can really take it to the next level when your season of time is up. So for me, I just work with a lot of leaders to acknowledge, hey, you know, I'm a, I'm a leader for a season of time. It's a stewardship and I'm responsible for this for the season. So, you know, I need to delegate and to empower other people. So if Fire Nation is ready to do less and be 10 times more productive using a great company like Belay, how specifically can they do that? Well, they can go to our website. Uh, we're, you know, there's a couple of things. One, you know, if you're needing help or if you um, feel like you're out of breath and you want to start to delegate things to a really great person that's assigned to work alongside you, you know, we could be a good fit. Um, the other one too is, you know, if you know folks that, um, are looking for great, meaningful virtual work. We're always looking for people to apply to to join our organization um, in a in a in that type of capacity. And then for for you guys, if you're thinking through, you know, hey, what are those things that I really need to delegate? What if I could save like 15 hours a week of my time? Like, you know, is that even possible? We created a um, a really good resource for you that you can find at belaysolutions.com forward slash fire. It's belaysolutions.com forward slash fire. And we hope and we actually think you'll get a lot out of that resource. Give me a little bit of a teaser. What's something we're going to find at belaysolutions.com slash fire? Yeah, it's a it's a document that includes um, just some ideas for things that you, you might be doing that you could delegate and a matrix to kind of walk you through the concept that we mentioned earlier. You know, what are those things that you're currently doing that you love to do? And what are those things that you hate doing and can and either just need to just go away and not, not be done anymore at all or be delegated to somebody else? Um, so there's there's some suggestions in there as well as a matrix to kind of walk you through how you apply this to your business. And one quick caveat I'd encourage if you do do this, don't do it at the place where you normally work. Don't do it at your desk. Like go to a, you know, a coffee shop or go somewhere on the weekend and sit on a park bench and reflect on this. Don't do this in the midst of a hurried day. Love it. Love it all. Anything else you two before we uh, say goodbye? Well, first off, we're incredibly grateful for you and for what you've done for so many entrepreneurs that are out there. And, you know, if you're a leader and you're looking for help and you're looking to scale, we've got all sorts of great people that we vet. Our acceptance rate for the people that join us is less than Harvard's. So we're, and we get a lot of resumes, a lot of folks want to work here. So we have an army of people that are ready to serve folks like you. Uh, if you feel like that's something that you're ready to do and take to the next level for your business. And the reason we're so passionate about what we do is because we personally have benefited from what we provide as a company. Like the first three things we ever outsourced in our company are virtual assistant, bookkeeping and website support. Those are the things that we do. So like as entrepreneurs, we get the power in in turning things like this over to another person or an organization that can help. So I hope it didn't come across as too salesy. We were super passionate about what we do because we've seen the benefit of it in our own lives and in the growth of our business. Fire Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And you've been hanging out with Brian, Shannon, and JLD today. So three of your five. All right. Check that block (laughs) and keep up the heat. 
And I just want to say, Fire Nation, head over to BelaySolutions.com. They got some great things going on over there. Learn more about how they can help you with your business, get more freedom, more excitement, more growth, all of that stuff. And of course, that great gift they have for you is belaysolutions.com slash fire. So take action on that. Brian Shannon, thank you for sharing your time, your energy, your truth today with Fire Nation. For that, we salute you and we will catch you on the flip side. Thank you. Thanks. Hey, Fire Nation. Today's value bomb content was brought to you by Brian and Shannon of Belay Solutions. And if you're ready to rock your podcast, I have a free podcasting course for you where I teach you how to create and launch your podcast. And it's really that simple. So go over to freepodcastcourse.com. As I mentioned, it's free and I will catch you there or I'll catch you on the flip side. Successful entrepreneurs take advantage of tools that do things more efficiently. And when it comes to hiring, the tool to use is ZipRecruiter. And right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.